Hey, y'all. Real quick before I hit play on this episode of Familypreneur for you, I want to be sure that you know that I have a brand new podcast available for you to check out. It's called Just Marketing, and you can find it on this podcast platform. Go ahead and search for Just Marketing and hit subscribe so you don't miss anything. Then come back here and listen to this episode of Familypreneur. It'll still be here waiting for you. Welcome to Familypreneur, the podcast for parent entrepreneurs, raising kidpreneurs. It's time for your weekly dose of inspiration and actionable tips to build your business and find better balance, all while strengthening your family. And now we'd like to introduce your host. She's my mom and the bomb.com, Meg Brunson. Hey there, thanks for joining me on another episode of the Familypreneur podcast. Today's guest helps businesses and brands connect with customers through advertising. She works for Social Media Examiner and sells event sponsorship and activations for their industry-leading conference, Social Media Marketing World. I'm excited to introduce you to Emily Kroom. Hey, Emily. Thank you for joining me today. Hi, Meg. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. It's been a couple weeks since we saw each other at Social Media Marketing World, and it's good to connect again. It's very good to connect again. And I loved the fab pink and purple hair. You were my idol. Thank you. (laughs) It was definitely on point. I did that on purpose for the conference. (laughs) Awesome. Good personal branding. (laughs) And it works. (laughs) So today we're going to talk about growing your business using educational and inspirational content to attract your next best customer. And this is something that you do for Social Media Examiner, who's the company behind Social Media Marketing World. Correct. So can you tell me a little bit about how you got into that role, what you were doing before, and and how you're growing that business? Excellent question. Um, I've actually known Mike for a really long time. We used to work together. Um, I have a career selling advertising, um, print online events, research for publishing companies, and I've done a lot of digital work. When the conference was launching, Mike wanted to have someone in-house selling sponsorships and so, and newsletter advertising. And so um, I was brought on board in 2013 and I've been there for every single social media marketing world and working with uh, trying to find tools, solutions, and services for the marketers in our community, um, you know, to those to the forefront and to our event and to also put them those tools in front of readers of our um, blog who subscribe to our newsletter. So um, in the context of that, I have developed sort of a compendium of content of my own that helps me um, reach out or lure in customers that would be looking to get in front of the marketers in our audience and community. And, you know, one of the things that I love about, you know, using traditional demand generation tactics is, you know, today's world is people will do a lot of research. We have the internet, we have the Googles, right? So people will let their fingers do the searching. They will do a lot of research. And if you can put out a lot of information that's going to help them, not sell, um, help them understand the value that your business can provide for their business with content, different formats, um, you know, you shortcut the the sales cycle dramatically. And so I think that's where you and I sort of had a conversation and you asked me, how could we help your audience 
do the same thing. You know, it's, it's something that any business of any size and any type can do. My audience, the familypreneurs are very aware of social media marketing world. I talk about it in my emails <laughs> um, leading up to the conference. It's one of the only conferences I make sure that I attend every single year and I've been there for three years. Um, so I think that I, I'm really excited to be bringing you on from, from that company because they know how much it's impacted me as a follower of you. <laughs> so these, and that these tactics are going to be applicable to their businesses the same way. It's looking at um, good practices, best practices and tactics from a macro perspective. Now, not everybody in your audience is going to have communities the size that we have with Social Media Examiner. It's just, right. but you probably have very loyal uh, very engaged communities that follow you, um, you know, people that listen to your podcast um, and, and you know, sort of the trickle-down effect, right? Because maybe many in your community have their own um, podcasts, their own events, their own newsletters and things that they use to communicate with their audience. And I think what the, the sort of tip is, is, you know, when you say using educational and inspirational content to attract your next best customer – what is it that you can, um, what problem can you help your, your community solve, right? So like, I think the first point was, what does your business solve for? What's the problem that you can help people solve for? What is, why did you start your business? You know, and even if it's, um, you know, not something like, hey, I'm, I create medical equipment that's going to save people, but maybe I have an online store with, you know, um, fashion that people don't have to go into, um, you know, a mall to go shop, right? I provide a valuable service, an online store that gives fashion trends, you know? So what is the problem that your business solves? You sort of have to kind of go back to what it is, the why of your business and understand that. And that might give you some inspiration to creating some type of content that you can put up publicly and let that be found, right? It can be a number of different formats. But thinking about that um, goal and that focus is going to help you decide, oh, okay, there's ways that I can, different ways that I can look at my business. I don't have to traditionally just think about advertising and SEO and all the, you know, the harder tactics. Um, you know, think about value and service. We, we always think about things in terms of service. How can we serve our community, right? Um, we have a mission at Social Media Examiner, and it's to be the trail guide leading you, you know, helping you navigate the social media jungle or something like that. Um, and if you can come up with some parameters to describe your business in those terms, then the next steps will be much more evident for you. So really, the first step is going to be to figure out what your mission is, who you're serving, mm -hmm. what results you want them to get. And then you're going to develop your content around that, focused on helping them, not selling to them. Absolutely. Um, but we talked about one of, one of my favorite people, Marcus Sheridan. They Ask You Answer is a tactic that he employs. You know, he was a pool guy, right? <laughs> Trying to, right. Uh, um, you know, build his business back or out of a recession, right? And trying to retain customers. And he smartly decided to put up all the information. Don't hide things, you know, teach people what you know, share your expertise freely. Now, obviously, 
when you're a consultant and you're a, maybe your financial services consultant or something like that, you know, you don't want to give all the goodies away. <laughs> but um, I always, I always talk to people and I say, first one's free and the next one is a consulting question, right? So um, intrigue them, give them some inspiration, give them some food for thought. Like how can you help them, you know, be better at their life, plan for retirement, you know, uh, be healthier if you're a health coach, um, you know, so use those um, s- scenarios and those outcomes as the basis for the content that you're going to create. I think it's always tricky, like where you draw the line with free content versus paid content. Totally. <laughs> so I'm glad you kind of mentioned that, but I did love what Marcus Sheridan said. And he he did one of the closing keynotes at Social Media Marketing World. I think one of the other things that happens that he kind of mentioned is a lot of service-based businesses, especially, are they like hide their prices on the website. So that was one of my biggest takeaways uh, was not to hide things, but to be forthcoming and clear. Yes, Um, I I agree. Um, I do that same thing. I have a media kit. I have some pricing parameters because I sell text-based ads in our newsletter to people like Salesforce and, um, you know, uh, Rush or Pattern89, a lot of our customers that want to get in front of our readers, I sell advertising spots. And I put up on my page when people are looking for general information that I have, you know, a minimum price threshold. Because I want people to understand, um, you know, there's a, a baseline, right? And right. then we can discuss from there. When they get into my media kit, they can see that I have frequency pricing and, and other things. But I'm giving people a parameter so that they can self-identify. So that if they decide, hey, $5,000 is too much for my business, um, you know, then they, then they can sort of self-qualify themselves. Or they can talk to me and we can come up with ideas and I can help coach them till they're ready. You know. Now I'm wondering, do you have any recommendations on the the time? Like, how do you know as a business owner when you may be ready to reach out for sponsorships, whether that's like ads in your newsletter or putting ads on your website or something like that? Like, is there a size that you want to be able to hit a traffic number, or how do you know that it's time? You know, I don't think there's any hard and fast rules when it comes to size or traffic because you could have the world's most valuable, you know, bug, you know, blog in the world with a really engaged community. And if you have products that you can sell to that community, um, I think, you know, the key indicator for you is, are you ready to grow your business, right? So are you able to layer in more strategies and tactics to help you grow your business? Have you built a firm foundation? You know, do you have all of the nuts and bolts and the things that you you need? The website, a newsletter with your own names that you're, you know, you're collecting um, so that you can communicate with people regularly and not relying on just the socials to build your business. So I think you want to make sure that you're at a point where, hey, I have the foundational elements of my business digitally covered? And then where can I expand and create more interest, intrigue and value for this community? Because face it, you're the deep domain expert, right? Meg, you're the expert on family printer businesses. 
you're leading your community and your tribe into new territory that um, shows them and explores ways to grow their business, right? So how can you expand on that value from your experience, from your knowledge, and how can you give that away freely in a, in a, in a valuable way without giving away too much of, of what you need to do because you have to lead them to your products, right? I'm sure you have coaching and masterminds and all kinds of um, other services, but you got to give them a little bit of a taste so that they're like, yes, I need more. <laughs> right. And I love that. I don't think that I've had anybody answer that question that way. And I like that it's not about, it's not about metrics. Mm-hmm. It's about just the business foundations. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate that you brought that perspective to yeah. the table. Now, I'd also like to talk about, and we talked about this a little bit offline, um, selecting the right sponsors. Mm-hmm. So I think it's easy to just want to get a sponsor or even people may even start to get pitches, mm-hmm. you know, like receive emails from people who find you however and want to sponsor a blog post or sponsor an ad. How do you know who to say yes to and or who to reach out to? I would say, uh, well, I do a lot of research myself. So I know who my ideal targets are based on the things that I want to bring and put in front of my audience, right? So I have the, I can name that tune in four notes. I, I look at what they're doing. I look at what their service is and if I think it's appropriate. And then obviously I've got to find if they're spending money. Um, so that's a first step for prospecting, but I do get pitches myself, people that either want to pitch me on use my service or, um, you know, they want to pitch, um, here, I'm going to give this stuff to your audience for free. And I always have to explain to them free isn't always free and you want to maintain a level of authority. So really um, evaluate, is that the right product for my community? Like if it's something way out from left field that doesn't fit, don't force it just because you want to take money. It's better to say no. And I also think it's better to say no to people when they're not ready, right? So I get a lot of people that see, I have a big newsletter with 350,000 opt-ins and they think, oh my God, I want to give my stuff away to free for your people in that um, newsletter. And, you know, they're not ready because they're not going with the right approach. I always tell people, it's not a silver bullet. It's not a guarantee. You have to have something valuable to offer them. You have to introduce yourself to them. You can't just run into a room and go, buy my stuff, right? We don't do that (laughs) as people. So why would you do that digitally? or in a form of a sponsorship. So really think about what types of um, services and solutions you want. Put yourself, sit in the seat of your, your audience and, and what they need and think, how can I help them get to those relationships and get to know about those things faster? But if it's not something that really intuitively or inherently fits, don't force it because you will lose trust and you'll lose value with your audience. And, and if you've spent a lot of time building up that trust, why, why do you want to um, break it for short-term gain? I think there's better ways for you to come up with solutions and make money, right? Because that's what we're here to do is we want to make money too. You get paid for your time and you need to be able to support all the things that you're doing. But I think there's smart ways that you can do it. Right. And I like that there's that consistent theme, like just the way that you're going to create your content to, to help, not to sell. 
your sponsorships are the same. Like you're really just providing assistance to your audience, not really trying to like sell them on something, but just here are things that could help you. Right. Right. Yeah. Advocacy um, and, you know, endorsements imply certain things. Like it's great if that's something that you use. And I'll use an example of another leader in our space. Um, Somebody like a Pat Flynn, right? He's a solopreneur. He's an individual, right? And he has smart passive income. He teaches you how to um, use affiliate marketing to... He taught me how to podcast. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. To, To fund your business, right? And so there's certain ways to do that. And that's okay if that's an overt um, disclosure that you have with your community, right? Because I use these things, therefore I endorse them and maybe you would benefit from it too. So, you know, buy it from me using my link and I get money for it, right? But if that isn't um, intuitive in your space, again, um, and, and you're a little bit of a different type of a business, don't destroy that trust for you know, short-term monetary gain, because I think there's other ways that you can provide value. I call it write once, read many content, right? So you've got Mm -hmm. some expertise that you can share with people. There's certainly top line tips and maybe checklists and things that you can deliver to your audience that then they're going to find that so um, incredibly valuable and they're going to want more, then you can use that as a point to transact on that trust and say, well, if you like that, if you enjoyed my checklist because you found, you found that helped your business, you might benefit from my coaching services. And here's, you know, here's a way that you can, you know, get an appointment on my schedule, or I have these courses that that are gated and membership oriented. And and then you use that as a way, you know, I call it a lead lure and you're luring them in with value. And then you're using that point to transact with them for further um, business and you're not, you know, just jamming in there and going buy this, you know, or or come join my thing because you don't know if they're they'll they'll self select they'll tell you if they're right for you. Along the same lines, if you're promoting, like with your example, like an affiliate product and it's not congruent, you're going to be wasting a lot of time and people aren't going to buy it because it's not congruent right. with your audience. So it's it's doing like a double disservice to you. Right. And I think people are smart enough to understand um, what's opportunistic and what's not um, in line with your core um, value proposition, right? Because, and that really sort of goes back to the beginning. What's your why? What problem do you help, um, you know, your audience or your prospective customer or your customers solve? And once you know that and you, um, really align with that and use that as your guiding principle for all the things that you add on to your business, I think um, you'll be fine. Just don't get distracted. Don't get distracted with shiny objects, um, new things, um, you know, trends that may not be long lasting. Be classic, you know, stick to the core, know who you are and what you do and, uh, you know, align all the other things around that. And, and I think the right partnerships, the right sponsorships will eventually evolve. I mean, you may have to work for it. And I'll give you an example. I'm not always successful. Look at me. I don't have Facebook as a sponsor at my conference. And you would think that Facebook would want to come be a sponsor and be in front of these marketers. Um, and that's a challenge for me, but it doesn't 
mean that I stopped trying to work with that company um, because I know it's a fit. And, you know, but it doesn't mean I'm off chasing, you know, hand sanitizer, you know, ads or things like that that are irrelevant. I mean, maybe they could be relevant because we're a conference, but <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, I have, well, here's, a, here's another tip. Um, I have what I call endemic advertiser sponsors, which are like a natural fit. Like they are in my wheelhouse. They're in my lane. They're, they're like, oh yeah, they should totally be talking to your audience. And then I have what I call non-endemic. So when you're ready and you've got a firm pitch or sales process in place where you're using content to bring in those endemic advertisers or sponsors, where, where do I want to cast a wider net? What are other valuable solutions for this segment or this business um, category that I reach and teach, right? So I tell people, you know, we reach and teach millions of marketers. Well, marketers that are social media marketers want social media tools. That's my endemic, you know, anything mm-hmm. related to that. Um, non-endemic might be small business solutions like financial services, telecommunications, um, Dell laptops and computers or, you know, uh, things like that. Or one of the other sponsors for a couple of years has been like love handles. Yeah. They're like a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like a, a cell phone accessory that is a huge mm-hmm. hit, but it doesn't really have anything to do with social media marketing other than like it can help you hold your phone. And so here's, here's the flip of that. And Mike Watts is an incredibly smart and savvy um, business entrepreneur. And here's why it works. Because he doesn't market himself as merely a cell phone accessory. Although with these social media megaphones that we have, you know, they're all selfie, selfie, you know, it's a great tool. Right. However, he markets Love Handles as a marketing program for your business. And what he does is he surveys all of my sponsors. He surveys all of my influencers and my speakers. He creates small packages of, you know, demos of here's a love handle of what it would look like for your business that you can um, give out to your sales reps that you can give out to customers. You know, so number one, your customers would have this in their hands or, you know, you can use this as a marketing program. So he's using love handles to teach people about how to build marketing programs for their business marketing promotional programs. So it's partly about the love handle and how cool this um, solution is for you as an individual and as a consumer. But when I start to think about it, I'm like, God, this is a fantastic marketing program. And, you know, here, go, you know, make these for your business or teach, you, you could teach your community to use love handles for their business. So all of these coaches that you talk to, all of these people, you know, could be buying love handles and handing them out to customers so that every time they touch their phone, which is a million times a day, right? <laughs> they're thinking about your business. And I'm like, God, you're brilliant, Mike. So I also am curious, do you have tips for, um, for the actual sponsors? So like, let's, when somebody signs on to be a sponsor, and I honestly don't know the answer to this question, do you have recommendations for them and to like how to make the most of their sponsorship? Absolutely. We do an enormous amount of coaching and we have a very high touch sales process. So it doesn't stop once I've sold the contract, right? There's a, um, a deep educational curve that we go through and a journey that we go through with our sponsors. So I always tell them, I'm not here just to sell you square meters. It's not about you know me just selling you something. 
And you should certainly not think about your sponsorship as something just at and forget because once you go through all the logistics and buying the carpet and, you know, figuring out what your demo is going to be and all that kind of stuff, there's, there's a lot of ways that you can communicate and really add value to this audience. So um, what I offer is, you know, we do things like a kickoff call, which, you know, is sort of standard if you're kind of an agency, right? You you do a brief or you know, I'm going to go through things. I have a marketing checklist. I've experienced a lot of conferences and events. So I have a checklist of things that they can go through. And here's how you can activate. Here's how you can, um, you know, those goals we talked about and what you're looking to achieve and what would make this event a success for you. Here's ways that you can do that. And we give them a checklist. We talk about what their program is going to be, maybe what their messaging is going to be. I always start with what would make this an event, this event a success for you. So I start with goals. So I'm really getting inside their business. And then we come up with ideas and we figure out ways to help them. Um, we do a lot of activation on site. So Meg, you were part of the, the society, you know, that whole program. We do things like help the attendees connect, right? We do a networking bingo, which is a way for people to start the conversation. I do a game for my sponsors. So every sponsor gets to be part of our treasure map. And we encourage users to go around the networking plaza and visit all of the sponsors, get a demo, get a stamp, and then they'll turn in their card and be entered to win a ticket to next year's event. So there's a lot of um, ways that we can help them do that. You know, even to the point of, you know, are they hosting a contest or, you know, we coach them on all of those aspects. Like it's not, it's not a sterile thing. This is a fun crowd. We know the personality. We want to help you figure out ways to connect the value of your tool, solution, or software to this audience. And so we do an enormous amount of uh, work and coaching with them and, and helping them with marketing because that's what our sweet spot is. We're, we're marketers. We can help you. And I think that's important for people who are thinking about bringing on sponsors to know that it's not just a great, they paid me. Now I slap their ad on the website or whatever it is and I'm done with it. But having that that nurturing and that follow-up because that's the way that you're going to get them to renew Absolutely. their Absolutely. sponsorships at the end of your term. And everything that you said, I can relate to it because I've been at the conference, but it's also applicable to digital businesses. It would just be slightly different. Absolutely. I, I think knowing how you speak to and reach your particular audience, teaching a prospective advertiser or sponsor about those elements and the ways that you connect with your community can help them and inspire them to find the right fit, right? So help don't sell, you know, don't come in here. This isn't a direct response. I'm going to advertise and somebody's going to sign up for my stuff, right? If you want to provide value or offer value, you have to do that in constructive ways. And content, I think, is one of the, the best ways to do it. But not everybody's a writer. So maybe you're not writing a blog post, but I have a little video series that I do. It's called Field Trip. And I say, come on, we're going on a field trip. And I'll be at an event and I'll be pointing out, here's things that you could be doing. Host a contest, you know, have some sort of a um, valuable audit, um, you know, but that's another thing for digital businesses. And I think this is super smart. If you have a way to put your customer's you know, website, ecosystem, something into your, you know, machine, your system and spit something out that's personalized. And it doesn't have to be overly personalized. Like, again, you're not giving away the store, right? First one's free. It's like, it's a little analysis. 
if you can give customers something like that, that will make them go, huh, okay, well, maybe I need to dig into this more deeply. Um, Those are really great things. And I'll give you a specific example so then you may be able to apply it to your business. We've had um, an SEO agency be a sponsor a couple years. And, you know, SEO, okay, websites, everybody has a website. We're talking about social media. You know, this is, again, one of those sort of foundational elements of their business. They did an SEO audit. So people could put in their website and they would come back and they would say, here's five ways that I think your website could be better. You know, wow, you know, you're the business owner. You may not be the SEO brainchild. So when somebody's going to give you insights that can make your website better, help you get found online, I think that's hugely valuable. And that led them to consulting clients. That led them to coaching clients. So you as a coach, if you're a fitness consultant or a financial services consultant, or I'm trying to think, you know, whatever type of businesses your audience has, really think, like, can you give somebody, you know, three insights that are semi-personalized? It doesn't have to be like you're crawling inside their DNA, right? But they give you some insights uh, about their Instagram handle. And you can say, here's three things that I think you could be doing better. You know, using the real estate in your description better, doing these things, using more video, whatever it is. Those are really Mm -hmm. super powerful ways to create value and thought leadership, right? And let them look to you as an expert. So maybe they want to hire you when they need more help to grow their business. And that's interesting. And that would be a freebie. Yeah. Yeah. So they would just reach out to you and give you, do you think that the same basic objective could be served through like a, a quiz mm-hmm. or like a self-assessment or do totally. you think that that takes the. No, quizzes are excellent. Polls are excellent. Do you need this or that? Yes or no. You know, like any kind of interactive content that you can bring people through to, um, you know, get them through a decision tree you know, on the back end, you could be architecting that decision tree to know, you know, if they go through this path, then I want to say, hey, what about this product for you? Or, you know, you might be interested in, you know, being part of my mastermind group, because whatever, or if they come down the other path, you know, maybe they're um, a virtual client, and they need one on one coaching or something like that. So you can use the decision tree on the back end of any of that interactive content, whether it's a poll, a quiz, a survey, an audit. Um, yeah, I would sort of challenge everybody here to really kind of go away today and think, is there some sort of write once, read many that can appear personalized, mm-hmm. but has some, maybe some general elements and recommendations to help the people that I'm trying to reach? And how can you put that into play? Create a landing page. I'm sure you guys use Drip or whatever it is. Like Create a unique landing page. Speak to that person promote it yourself on your real estate, on your website, instead of selling ads on your website, um, use that to help develop more business for you. Yeah. Lead them into that path and see um, if that can um, help you drive more business. I just want to kind of come full circle on that concept. I love it. It also might be a great idea to start with that one-on-one services, right? Like you give me your, we'll go with the Instagram example. You give me your Instagram handle, I give you three tips. You do that. Let's just say you do that for 20 people. At the end of that 20 people, you can see what are like the most often missed tips. Now you can create other products from that. You can leverage that data to create your quiz or Mm -hmm. assessment that at that point you can stop spending 
time one-on-one with people and start automating that process a little Absolutely. bit. But starting with one-on-one, if you don't know the answers yet, you know, you may already know the answers if you've been in, in, in your field yeah. for a while, but if you don't yet, you could do that one-on-one to get the information. And then you've got that product that, you know, write once, read many product. Right. Excellent. Yeah. That's a great place to start. I'll tell you another way to um, create sort of thought leadership and expertise with your audience is through research. And um, I, I used to work for a big B2B technology publishing company and we would do these sort of annual studies and then build events around the delivery of this, you know, this very in-depth research. Um, the little known point of fact, maybe you do know this, is how Social Media Examiner started was we started with a research study and then Mike launched the blog. So every year we do an annual research study. It not only gives us what is the pain points, what's on people's mind, it gives us understanding of the market. And then we know what we need to write about and what we need to teach about. So you could use survey data through your audience to really understand what are the things that they're struggling with and then turn that into a product and a solution that you can then offer to your audience just from research. Hey guys, you know, spend five minutes and do this 10 question survey for me, you know, send you a coffee card or, you know, you're just helping me out and, you know, get get all the get them to reveal all of their the, the pain points that they have leave some open ended questions give them some guided you know pre-populated answers or um things but that's a really great way for you to understand your business and where you need to beef up because maybe you need to talk more about this topic or maybe you're going to find a completely right. new topic that has emerged from a market trend that you're going to go wow this is where i can really help my community understand how they can connect with their customers. So research, that's a, a good, a good avenue. Yes. And I, I love this episode because I feel like it took a couple different turns. I didn't really expect, which is great. So we've, <laughs> we've talked a lot about sponsorship, right? How to get sponsorships, how to optimize that sponsorship process, but also the fact that you may be better served creating your own product or service to, to kind of sponsor in quotes your own content. So promoting your own stuff rather than promoting somebody else's. So I love that there's those two options and there've been some really actionable tips that you've delivered to help people get started with that. So thank you so much. Before we totally wrap up, let me know where people can connect with you and learn more about Social Media Examiner. Uh, Well, clearly come read the blog, socialmediaexaminer.com. And um, you can find me, I'm Emily Questions on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Emily Kroom on Facebook, and you'll see me in some of those groups, um, private groups. You know, I follow along with all my customers and all the things that they're doing. Um, you know, LinkedIn Lives, Facebook Lives, podcasts, um, and all of that. So that's how you can find me. Awesome. We will put all of those links in the show notes. I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. Oh, thank you for having me. To share your knowledge with us. <laughs> this was great. Thanks, Meg. That's it for today's episode of the Familypreneur Podcast. You'll find all the links mentioned in this week's episode and the show notes at megbrunson.com slash podcast. Until next week, I'll see you over in the Familypreneur community. Bye for now. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review and a rating on iTunes. It only takes a moment, and let's be honest, It helps other parent entrepreneurs know how amazing this podcast really is.